Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thank you so much for joining us again, once again today. My next guest has been with us many, many times. And you will know him as uh, the the exit specialist, the, the specialist for family businesses, especially. We're talking a lot about family businesses with uh, Vince Mastrovito of Prometheus Partners from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about exit readiness. Now, a lot of business owners say, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. When it happens, uh, I'll be ready. Uh, but, so let's talk about exactly what that means. Vince, thanks so much for joining us once again today. Bill, thanks again so much for uh, having me on your show. Really enjoy uh, certainly not not only speaking to you, but to um, to your followers and listeners uh, throughout the country and the world. So really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, they love it, Vince. We're getting a lot of good comments about um, your interviews, and I hope it's uh, it's coming back through to uh, people that you share it with as well. You're providing a lot of great information for listeners who really. On what's really a private topic, right? That's the key of of exit planning. Uh, when you say I'm I'm getting ready for exit, um, this is what we're really do, saying is I want to be ready for whatever is going to happen. Uh, but here's my target goal. But whatever happens, I want to be ready for it. Is that what exit readiness is? Well, exit readiness, no, is not if the owner is just ready to sell the business. The exit readiness is. Uh, is really it's a it's a state of fact of is the business ready to be transferred to a new owner uh, and so you really certainly the the owner of the business may be ready to get out but the business itself mm-hmm. may not really be in shape to have a new owner come in and run it and take it over good point good point that so if the business isn't in shape then what, I guess what that means today is that uh, a lot of times if it's an outside buyer, they're, they're not only looking at your business for sale, they've probably got a few others that they're looking at. So if they look and see that the business is not in shape, they're likely to just pass and go to the next one, right? Uh, they will. Yeah, if your business is not ready for a new owner, um, they will. They'll just, um, you know, politely bow out or just not contact you again, and um, they'll go on to to the next opportunity uh, and see where they are with that one, and um, hopefully that one works out for them. So I think it's what's important, and what is important to understand is that uh, an individual, as I said earlier, being ready to exit is different than the actual entity itself, and. Um, and if the business does not have the the types of systems and people uh, in place that it really needs to have, 
then it's going to be virtually impossible to sell your business for any reasonable price whatsoever, uh, and you're probably more likely to go through uh, an organized dissolution uh, if that's the case. But uh, it, it's much better for you to take a look at all aspects of your business, not only from the financial side, but then from the non-financial side, um, to make sure that if someone is looking at it from the outside or your children are looking at it from the inside, that it's really something that, you know, they feel that they can that they can come in and, and grow this business and it is a sustainable business over time. Um, it's not owner-dependent. You don't have customer concentration. You have good systems uh, and processes in place. Um, and that your footprint and your social capital, so to speak, uh, is up to where you really can maximize it out. And, and Vince, is it your experience that uh, a lot of um, business owners that have been, say, doing their business, uh, running their business, owning their business for a long time, we're talking 20, 25, 30 years, uh, are, are, a lo- are a lot of them not in shape to transfer? Yeah, most business owners, uh, most businesses are are not ready uh, to get out. And a few of the main reasons, like I mentioned, is first and foremost is the business is just too dependent on the owner itself. Uh, so many times when we start having conversations, you know, the the, the founder of the business um, really has been used to doing everything every single day. Uh, and to to a certain extent, they still have their hands on inside of the business. Uh, And that in itself right there is just a a huge red flag. Uh, And there's not many people that are going to touch that business uh, because they know that once that owner leaves, all of those relationships and that work and everything is probably going to go right out the door. And how about um, the the key employees, let's say uh, a business that has a few key employees that maybe have been working there as well a long time, uh, and there, uh, I see a lot of this Vince, where the key employees are about the same age as the owner. They've all worked together for many, many years, and they say, "Yeah, well, when you leave, to the they're saying this to the owner. When you leave, that's when I'm going to leave. Um, what does what does that do to a potential transfer? Oh, that could be devastating. I, I think we both probably have experienced that, right, Bill? I mean, it is. Um, it, it, it will. It could be very devastating, and I think there's some ways that you can certainly fix that. Um, um, you know, with some employment contracts and some non-competes, maybe even offer some incentive packages for them to train their replacement, recruit and train their replacement. Um, so there's some steps that you can put in place. But if you have key employees uh, that are at about the same age as you, the owner. Uh, and that they are going to probably want to leave when you leave, uh, then you better, you're better off really addressing that issue right up front, uh, head on, than kind of waiting till you get to the back end because it, it just, it's not going to end well if you do it that way. It, it, it never does. And, and, of course, not every situation is like that. As a matter of fact, many, many businesses – don't sell to an outsider, but they're family businesses, and they want to pass it on to to um, uh, family members, uh, children, or maybe key, uh, key employees or a combination thereof. 
but uh, what about situations where the owner hasn't yet, um, doesn't fully trust the children and hasn't fully delegated? They they keep they they, they keep pulling back control of the company. Um, wh- what are some of the issues in that kind of a situation? Yeah, that's that that's a whole new um, set of challenges there because you know so one initial question that I would always ask is, can you help me understand Mr. or Mrs. Business Owner, what was the path of um, success that your children took to get to the position that they are today? Mm. And what I'm trying to find out with that question is, did they come from high school or college and then automatically come into a front high front-end office um, position uh, where employees really kind of saw the children as like the golden child or the gifted child, however you want to categorize that, and they really have not earned the trust uh, and respect uh, of the staff or the workers inside of the business. And um, and so I think it is really critical to make sure that you um, have a path for them. So. I think there's two schools of thought when you're bringing your children or family into the business is have them work somewhere else in a similar business uh, for at least a couple of years to get some experiences and then come over and see if it's a good fit. If that's really not possible or didn't, that wasn't the path that was taken is I really think the, that the uh, family business leaders or the founders really should be taking a look at, letting their their family members work up through the ranks of the business as much as you possibly can. Uh, because if you don't have the respect uh, of the employees, then when you, the family business leader, exit out, you have no idea what those workers are going to do. They could make a mad dash for the back door and they're gone and you're left your your children are left holding the bag and you're waiting mm-hmm. on payments for your retirement and there's not going to be any bingo bingo right and, yeah and if the exactly. if the the new management um hasn't actually um experienced what it's like to work in that position doesn't know that position then they're going to have a tough time um knowing what it takes to to replace the people that have departed uh yeah, it's it's uh, it's a real mess. So we, we talked a little bit here about owner dependence, um, and if your owner if the company's too owner dependent dependent on the owner, that's that's means the business isn't ready. And management continuity if the management isn't going to stick around uh, after the sale or transfer, that's a that's a big headache. That that's not ready for business. How do how do I mean? We talked about processes, right? About getting your business so it's process driven, yep. so that there's um, your you people will do the work. A lot of well, we're we're heading towards artificial intelligence, but in most cases, people will do the steps, but they have to be able to uh, follow the steps that as they've been outlined. So the processes that are in place. So this sounds like a, a lot of work. How you know when should owners start preparing? And what are some of their first steps? You've outlined some of them, but let's let's give our owners like a one, two, three kind of a step-by-step directions here. 
Yeah, well, I think always the the answer to that question, the first one, Bill, is going to be the sooner you start, the better off you are. Uh, I won't try to 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 fool your listeners, Bill, but the processes and procedures can can sometimes take a long time to implement over a period of time. Uh, a lot of that is really going to depend uh, on the openness of the people that you have working there. Um, and it's going to depend on how much time you want to put into it. So, you know, you know, I think first of all, step one would be let's prioritize what things that you really could take off of your desk from a day-to-day perspective. And let's take the number one thing you would like to take off your desk and let's start to spend some time to kind of write out that if you were to explain it to somebody from the very beginning to the very end, what are each and every single step that they have to do to complete mm-hmm. this task? And what variables may actually be in that task that they need to be aware of? So once you write that out, then what I would do is give that to the person, the employee that you're going to have them do that task. Or if there's more than one, give it to both of them or all of them. Then what I would do is just have a meet, have a meeting with them, make sure everybody understands what it is, And then what I would do is I would do the task with them one or two times. And then what I would do is I would let them do the task and come back and show me a few times that they understand what that task is. And then I would say, okay, now you own it. And what I want you to do is every single year we're going to have a meeting and I want you to bring me up to speed as to how this procedure is going and if any changes or modifications need to be made and why and what benefit that brings back to our clients and our company. That's great. Yeah. Yes. So keep it simple, right? And if you do those steps like that, um, then you're just kind of, you know, your your boxes get checked very easily uh, and, and it just it just works extremely well. And they'll say, okay, now I got that off my desk. Now let's go to the next task and uh, and let's go from there. Now, if you have some really good cooperation from your people, many times you could do it one of two ways. You could either work with them to help you write it, or you could actually let them write it and you review it. That's a great point because that takes the that basically forces them to really deal with what their steps are, and that takes one more thing off of your to-do list. Right. Well, I think most people want, are pretty creative when you give them the opportunity. And I also think that if you give them the challenge, that they will stand up to the challenge because they want to exceed and they want to do well. And I think we both know this, Bill. Most employees know if the owner is doing too much of the work and some of that needs to come off their desk. And and so when you come to that employee and you say, hey, listen, this is what I'm trying to accomplish, and you explain to them what you're trying to accomplish and you tell them what you're looking for, they will help you write that whole thing out for yourself. And then you can review it, make some modifications, and then, again, go through the same procedure, do it with them a few times. They got the hang of it. Let them do it and Mm -hmm. report back to you, and then they own it. That's great. And a lot of times they might even improve upon it on ways that you you might not have thought about because – you probably haven't done that process for a number of years. I would suspect that would be the case 100% of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Things have changed, right? I mean, a lot of things have changed. A lot of things have changed. Well, technology, uh, I mean. 
Right, right. Yeah, yeah, we used to do it that way, but now we do it this way. And um, keep, keeping those up to speed is a great um, – so so what do they do, Vince? Do you, do you recommend they keep a uh, like a binder, uh, online uh, online binder? What, what do they do to build out this, this list of processes? Yeah, so I'm more of an online person, not a binder, but I don't have anything against yeah. binders. So I think whatever works for you I think is what you need to do. Um, you, you will be successful either way um, mm -hmm. because you're physically doing it. And I think you need to go through the procedures by department. And so if that means you start them in the back office, if you have a manufacturing and you're going through the manufacturing and you want to work it from, from the back to the front, uh, then that would be fine. If you work it from the front office to the manufacturing side, uh, you can do it from that side. So, um, or you could just break it down by uh, department or division and have them working in multiple environments that they're they're being done. And then you put the you put the procedures either online or in your binder. Uh, and a couple things do have to happen though, Bill. Is you can't do the procedures and then they're just there and you don't follow them. You you have to have yes. a process for following those procedures. And then you have to have a process for reviewing those procedures. And uh, and I think when you do that, then over time, um, you start to really ingrain a different culture with inside of your business where the, the employees are really taking significantly more ownership within the process, especially if they have written that procedure and someone comes in and doesn't follow that procedure, they would say, listen, we wrote that procedure, and that's not really the way that it goes. We need to follow this procedure, and this is the reason why we follow it. And so then you have a lot of mentoring going on within your business. And I just think that that is a very positive environment. And uh, what it does is it starts to chip away at the owner's dependency on that business or the business dependency on the owner is probably how I should phrase it. Uh, and then it allows them just to kind of free up their time to be more of a CEO environment and be involved in the big plans of the company and communicating that to everybody that really wants to, you know, to excel and to and to be promoted within the company. Yeah, it, rem it reminds me of the book uh, Checklist Manifesto. I'm sure you've read that book about how they how they examined processes and procedures and realized that uh, hospitals and airlines, you know, all file or all follow checklists and they need to by by uh, so that they can figure out if, if something went wrong what step was missed or what's wrong with the procedure itself so that they can protect themselves um, and, and it's part uh, this is a, a daunting part for a lot of owners to say well it's all in my head I don't want to I don't want I can't by the time I write it down I could have done it that's not the point right no, that's not the point at all. And, and I think to go back to your, that was just an excellent point you just made, Bill, is ask yourself the question is, would you want to get on a plane that did not go through the procedure of the checklist to make sure every single little thing was done to get that plane airborne before you got on it and got up in the air, right? You you right, just, you, right. you want to make sure that that is done, Um you know, working in these jobs, you're not going airborne with these. But the point is, is that your product and or your service will be delivered much more efficiently and much better when you follow those types of procedures 
whatever they are for your business, you have to figure that out and you have to write them out. And yes, it does take us some work, but I think when you do take the time to do that, I think you'll find it very rewarding and I think your employees will find it very rewarding and they will stay around longer because you have that interaction. Uh, a quick, a quick a story I want to share uh, with a business owner uh, that literally just hired us to do some work and they're a distributorship uh, of, many, of cutting tools. And he goes around to, in the summertime, he goes around to a number of his clients and they take this big truck and trailer and they pull out these grills and they cook hamburgers and hot dogs for everybody at the company. But he takes it one step further is the representatives that service that particular company are the ones that actually go out and do the cooking and the serving and greeting of the people. So when you talk about communicating with your clients and procedures within your company, this is a procedure of exit readiness that shows that this company is instituting some really solid uh, foundations of, of roles and responsibilities that not only the generation that's there now can do, but the future generations can also do. And you make it fun, but you also make it responsible, and you, and you really help to grow your business. And so uh, it's just kind of how do you look at it, uh, and if you look at it from that perspective, I think you're just much better off. That's a great point, and of course, we you know we we always go back to uh, the idea of building a uh, a one location franchise. You think about uh, McDonald's and how how detailed all of their procedures are, down to the very you know the very smallest things, um, because they hire a lot of employees. They have a lot of employees coming in and out of there. And they need them to get up to speed quickly without management having to worry about uh, sweating it out every particular time. So those, those are all great tips, great information, Vince. And, you know, it's always, uh, it's always great to hear these things from you. What's the payoff for a business owner? What, what can, why would they do all this kind of stuff? What can they expect um, if they do all this work? Well, I think uh, there's a couple things. First and foremost, I think you'll have uh, a much better culture and lifestyle even within your business. You'll find that you'll probably be able to spend a little bit more time with some of the other passions uh, that you probably have in your life and, and probably be a lot less stressed out. Uh, but I think the, the big, probably the big question that all your listeners are looking for is you're, you're more likely to get a much higher uh, sale price or multiple if you have a business that is exit ready, then you would if you do not. And if you've taken the time to keep this business for an extended period of time and grow it up and you really want to capture that equity to move to the next phase of your life, this is one of the key steps that you really need to take in order to accomplish the objective that you probably have for you and your family. Now, um, when we talk about exit readiness, uh, fortunately, uh, you have, I believe, a, a checklist type of a, or an assessment that owners can take to really get to the nitty-gritty on, on what areas they, they look and feel ready for and what areas they aren't that they should probably be focusing on, don't you? Yeah, up on our website, we, we have a, a free assessment uh, with the, the exit map. 
And uh, once you complete the um, assessment, it, the report, 12-page report, is uh, emailed directly to you, and you can take some time to read it. Uh, we'll follow up with you on an email to maybe schedule some brief time to talk to you about it on the phone. What does it really mean to you? What should you, what should you take away from that report? What are some notes that you should take at? And then what might the next steps look like for you if you're serious about really capturing and harvesting the full equity that you have in your business? Vincent, as a, as a wrap-up, what's the best way for our listeners to uh, uh, access that or, or approach you and ask you to help them with that at exit readiness assessment? Yeah, certainly if they, if they go to the website, uh, www.prometis, that's P-R-O-M-E-T-I-S, partners.com, um, or they can email me directly at uh, vincent at prometispartners.com. And uh, feel free to ask me any question you like. If you don't want to jump on a call, I'll be happy just to respond to you back in some email exchanges until you feel like you're ready to engage in the conversation. Vince, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for this great information for uh, our business owner audience. And uh, I hope our listeners will get in touch with you. Again, it's Vincent Mestrovito at Prometheus Partners. Uh, Vince, thanks again. Uh, look forward to the next time that we get to speak. Thanks, Bill. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 